Hello, I'm Lauren McLean, and you're listening to the Casually Profound Podcast, conversations with friends about how we apply spiritual theories into our everyday lives. I'm joined today by Stephanie Rempel and Jenna Dawn, um, two fabulous women who I've met through totally different circumstances and have both a lot of wisdom about what happens in our bodies and when we connect to our bodies on our spiritual journey. So hello, Stephanie and Jenna. It's fabulous to meet you. Now, we just did a little introduction, but I want to introduce you got my friends to all my new internet friends. And so Stephanie, I know from Morden, Manitoba, we met through a mutual friend named Laura, who we take have taken different courses and different uh, workshops and stuff like that together, developing intuition and developing uh, different skills and that kind of thing together. Did we do a cash Spirit Records together? We did, yeah. Oh, we did do Akashic. Okay, okay. I was trying to remember yesterday, and I could not for the life of me remember if we did Akashics together. But um, a whole convo about spirit babies in the side. Did you too? Me and Jenna also have had a whole. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is all coming back to me now. Okay, so we're linked in a few different ways. This is cool. Um, and Jenna, Don, she is my awesome friend from Winnipeg. We met through a different mutual friend, Chantel Andercastle, who uh, was hosting a networking event that we showed up at and networked the hell out of. Um, and now we both live in Alberta and, and Jenna does massage therapy and breath work and all kinds of different modalities. Um, so welcome to Casually Profound, both of you. Yay, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm waving. I'm like, I don't, obviously you can't hear a wave. So hi. <laughs> there will be a video too. So there will okay. be waves included. Today, I wanted to talk about the wisdom of the body and how we have each kind of come to value the wisdom of our body throughout this spiritual journey. Because I don't know about you guys, but in my experience, the like spiritual journey has at some points been very heady and thought-based. And then at other points been very like feelings and crying based and then um and other points it was really when it came into the body for me that it like clicked and I got it and honestly this topic was very much inspired by Stephanie you had posted on I saw I saw it on Facebook um a while ago I want to say like a month ago something like that you had put a post out about how when you had your baby that your intuition really shifted and that like line up to your intuition changed so much and I that for me really struck as the like intuition of the body how and how it's so different in my opinion from like intuition as lots of people think about it I think people think about intuition because I know I have as like this like heady frou-frou thing when like the best intuition in my opinion is like that gut thing and so Steph I'm just I would love to hear about kind of I, do you know the post that I'm talking about? No, exactly. Oh. I would love to hear more about that post and kind of what inspired it and what you've learned since then and how you have been implementing all of that. Yeah. And so um, what inspired that post? So um, for all the listeners who don't know me, my um, I gave birth to my first son about 17 months ago. So last, um, last June. And... I am a very, you know, I'm a very spiritual person, very, you know, connected with that part of myself and also, you know, like being like living here on earth too. And so what I found, um, 
kind of the requirement, if you will, of, of even falling pregnant, but also just being in that postpartum, it, it was such a big shift in my intuition and the way that I kind of connect with my highest self, the way that I kind of connect with the spirit world, because I was so required to be present on earth. And before my son was born, I, you know, I, I work from home and I, I had so much time to kind of like float around up in the spirit world and connect in and float around and see who was there and see what was up there and kind of what messages were coming through. And even to just at that point, like feel into the energy of the world, kind of check in with what was going on, even in a way of um, checking in with permission in supporting friends of mine who were going through things. And then once my son was born, it was like, first of all, the, the energy to kind of go up and do that in that way, like did not exist. Like I, I was having to be so present in my body to heal and to, you know, try to get some fucking sleep and, and all that stuff, but also learn my son, you know, this whole new thing and hit and all of that stuff. And so what I found and, and what I've come to realize now that I'm kind of coming out of, of when it was so fresh in that way is that it's not that I wasn't connected to my intuition. It's that the way I was connecting with it changed. And so that post that you're talking about was I've had so many um, mothers ask me like, why do I feel so disconnected from my intuition now that I'm a mom? And what I've come to realize is that for myself personally, it's not that I wasn't connected. It was that my connection was so much more inside of me and not as much up here. And, and also almost, it was almost like, the best way I can just, I can figure out how to describe it is like, instead of going up to kind of bring an answer down, it was like knowing that the answer was inside of me and feeling it there and finding it there. And, um, because there wasn't as much energy for me to be like, going out and kind of searching and, and do to do to do and kind of being nosy, you know, sometimes, um, it was a lot easier for me to like be nosy up in the energies of the world. Just, there's no time. There's no energy for that now. Like I just can't even. And, um, so now it's like checking in with things from within. And, uh, yeah, it's been a really amazing shift and really, uh, you know, kind of humbling in some ways, because um, it used to be like something that I really enjoyed sharing about, you know, going up and be like, oh, like I connect with this and I felt in with this and, you know, I'm, I'm sensing this from the energy of the world and I can, I can feel that this is a potential projection for how it might kind of play out down the future. And it was really fun for me to kind of like, feel into that and share about that and support people in that way. And so to just kind of get to the point 
where, where someone would be like, what do you think is going to happen down the line? And I would just be like, I don't know. Cause I can't like, <laughs> I don't know because I don't have the energy to feel in, in that way. And it's like, the difference I guess would be is like, instead of going around looking for answers or searching for answers or whatever, I really only would, if I would check in with myself, if someone would say, Oh, like, what do you think is going to happen with the world now or something? I would just check in. And if something would kind of come to me from in here, I would respond. And if, if nothing really was coming to me, I would just go, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. (laughs) And yeah. And it was, it was such a unique, um, a unique thing to come to and to discover and to realize that it's, it's all right here. And that I, I haven't lost it. It's not gone. I'm not disconnected. Although yes, in some ways there has been a disconnection of self, a disconnection of highest self and kind of coming back around to what that means, but it doesn't mean my intuition's gone. It's just meant that I've had to learn and discover what it looks like and what it feels like now in this way. Amazing. I love, I always love like why people connect the way they do. And as you were talking, Steph, I was like, oh, this is like one of those moments. I love, I love hiking. And so I love the like visual that I always see is like, there's, you know, like the, the viewpoint at the top, but there's so many different trailheads that you can take up. And so how you shared that you started with like really being able to be like up in the energies and like that was your way. And then you had to come more into the body. And I think it's cool that we're both on like this chat because I was the opposite. Like I was very much like body based, like always intrigued about like the energetic side of things, but that just wasn't something that was like fostered in my life. So I love that like we're going to have like almost those different trailheads and different views along the way. Um, but I love the way that you talked about that you, you weren't disconnected because I know in the embodiment space, that's a word that like a lot of people like use, like, oh, you're disconnected from your body, X, Y, Z. Um, like but it's for me, a death sentence or something. Exactly. And like, there's so much, like, don't get me wrong. I love personal development. I love all that shit. But like, there's so much fucking like shame latent, like ways of trying to change behavior and X, Y, like for me, it's just, it gets tired. If that's the way you're going about it, is like to shame someone that something's wrong. And for me, when, when I feel like, oh, I'm disconnected because I didn't think I was an intuitive person. Like I remember saying to a friend of mine, I was like, oh, like, I just love seeing all these people who are so intuitive. And like, I just don't have that. And she goes like, looked at me funny. She's like, are you fucking with me? She's like, like this, 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 like, that's all your intuition. It just looks different. But that was something that I just didn't think I had because of the way that like, maybe some people talk about it. So I really appreciate you discerning the idea that like, you weren't disconnected from your intuition. I like think of it as like, it's almost like the volumes turned down a bit because your focus had to be somewhere else. So it might have been like a little bit harder to hear in the way that you were used to, but then it like comes through in a different way. So now you have access to like multiple ways that like your wisdom speaks to you rather than it being like this rigid, I have to have an hour so I can like 
totally like connect up and then like explore and be nosy as you said um yeah so I just like love like thank you thank you for just putting that out there for anyone who's listening that has heard the idea of like oh like I I'm not connected to my body and I'm not connected to my intuition like dot 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 there must be something wrong with me because I know that was my experience in a lot of a lot of places I, I think what's really awesome to point out is kind of like what you said, some of those words just get thrown around and regurgitated and, and it's really easy to kind of see a spiritual person or someone who feels really comfortable in their spirituality and to feel as though they're kind of like up on some sort of pedestal and that you are like lesser than, or we are lesser than or, or whatever. Um, but what I believe is that, and and I shouldn't even say what I believe, what I know to be a hundred percent certain is that we are all intuitive beings and we are all connected to ourselves. It's just a matter of, am I listening? Yeah. And, and I think if you think about it like that, is there really ever disconnection? Maybe not. We're always, connected. it's just a matter of, am I listening? When I think that, like, what you've talked about, how your intuition changes from, like, kind of a heady, like, or from that, like, floating around to being more in the body, it's like, you have to listen to the right radio station. And, like, there's no wrong radio station to listen to. You get to choose. Um, but if you're listening to static, like, you're listening to static. Like, it's it's not going to do much for you. Because I know... Um, <clears throat> I didn't have a baby to go through this. I was just a shithead in the Akashic Records. Uh, but uh, I uh, have been, like, disconnected. I've had, like, the like the stations have changed or disappeared, if you will, on a couple of my intuitive gifts. Like, back in, like, 2015, uh, 2015 or 16, I was relying on my spirit guides a lot. And I'd be like, what do I do with my life? Where do I go? What do I do? And and I'd constantly be, like, posing these questions and, like, never listening to an answer. Um even when they'd give it to me. And so they all pieced out. It was radio silence for a year, like no guides, no answers, nobody to talk to. And it was so disorienting. But then at the end of that, I realized like I could see the lesson in it. Like after it was like nine ish months to a year when I could finally start like hearing guides again. Um, then it was like, holy crow, that was a total lesson in like being able to rely on myself and being able to, make decisions on myself and to me that's part of that wisdom of the body right one of the things that the long game takeaways I've had from that is that we are our own best guides um in this life that there's that higher self version of you that is ultimately like I've had conversations with all kinds of spirits like fucking one of the most fun ones is Leonardo da Vinci it was brilliant (laughs) I was in high school and he showed up on the school bus and he was like this crotchety old man (laughs) it was brilliant um but like of all the different angels and guides and stuff that i've had the chance to talk to the best one at the end of the day is me and even then i will oftentimes default to the my body and like the living me right not the not the voices in my head that kind of thing it comes down to what you're listening to and so i think when that stuff switches it's literally about learning how to move your dial on your own radio station and learning how to float from those different modalities um because i think the more that you sink into different modalities and the more kind of you become human i've never thought about those words before but that literally just hit right now of like 
the more variety you can experience, the more that you are living life. And so that switch from like being able to float around and be nosy and that kind of thing um, to be coming down into this experience and that kind of thing. Right? I, uh, something, what you said about being human, just, uh, okay. I have two things I want to say yeah. when you were, um, when you were sharing about how like your, your group just like pieced out on you. I'm sure at that time that felt very disconnecting. However, they were so very clearly guiding you to be more self-connected. Right. Totally. And they were like, if you're not, you know, if you're not going to do this with us, you're going to do this without us, which is the way it, it, it needs to be. Um, and so when you said about being human, um, and I, I think it's so important to have this conversation because it, it, in, in some ways in the spirit world, it's kind of almost happened as though like, if, if you can, if you are someone who can really strongly like connect up and receive and talk to spirit and whatever, um, that it almost has become in a way to be like elitist a little bit where, yes. um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that people who have that ability think that they're elitist, although I'm sure there are some that do because of the way that we just all exist in the world. I feel as though there are maybe people who either just don't have that ability or maybe don't have it as home or whatever might feel as though they're down here and, and this is up here and it's, it's not meant to be that way. And in fact, something that I have learned, um, especially when I was, um, you know, trying to get pregnant was that I discovered through some of my own internal work, I had this fear of being human. I had, it was just like, let me float around. Let me be like all spiritual. Do, 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 do. But being human and what that encompassed and what that meant and everything that that came along with was really scary for me. And I had this realization that was like, Steph, like if you are afraid of being human, how can you expect to create life inside of your body? Like, how can you think a human is going to want to inhabit that space when you don't even want to inhabit your space? And I remember it was like such, I was like out for a walk and all of this stuff just like, pew, 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 pew. and I was like walking and I was like, okay, what are all the great things about being human? If I was only a spiritual being and I just knew everything and I just floated around being a spiritual being, how could I feel the sun on my face right now? How could I like laugh about all of these like funny things? How could I have all of these new experiences when I'm learning? And how could I, you know, and I, I went through all of these things and I was like, wow, if I, if I'm this ascended magical being, then I've already had every experience. I've already had every lesson. I've already gone through all the things I need to go through. And so if I'm human, wow, like look at all these things I experienced. Why am I being afraid of this? And so that was like such a beautiful, like stepping stone into, you know, the greatest things of my life happening. Okay. I right? think you, that's so fucking magical what you just said, because it's so true. One of the, um, like you literally went on a walk and changed your fucking life. That was that was the medicine. 
that was the spiritual fucking journey. That was the like big work that it all came through. You went on a goddamn walk. And like I have been seeing spirits and talking and working with stuff since I was a teenager. And over the years, the biggest piece of feedback I get from people when I tell them is, oh, my God, that's so cool that you can do that. But like I could never do that. And it's like, girl, it's everybody does this. Everybody is doing this all the time. You just don't have the sensors turned on to realize that you're doing it. Um, and, and like you went for a walk and that's what happened. Like that's all you had to do. Yeah. Just the most human thing. Right. Yeah. Are you having eye tears right now too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Me. I'm not crying, but my eyes are watering. Yeah. When I'm in conversation about things that are just so like. I don't know, like, like set in stone or so just like, yes, ah, like I get, I call it like cry eye. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cute. Cry eye. Yeah. I love that. I uh, like how you said, I think you said, um, eye tears. I was like, what other tears are there? I love this. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to lie to you when you were like, if I was just a spiritual being, what would I not get to experience? The first thing that came to my mind was sex. I was like, listen, if I had to give that up, we'd have a problem. Um. <laughs> the thing that you talked about with like, like nature and that to me, what I find, um, cause I know a lot of people who are very spiritual, um, and they like have a very hard time, like being in their body. Like when I'm working, say, with them in their body, they can analyze it and they can talk about their body and they can, but they, they, they can't, they're, they have a harder time like feeling and being with the sensation. Um, and I know for me, I was very much like in my head, I still am at times. It's easier for me to like come back, which I think is important for people to know too, that it's not like, Oh, once you like learn the wisdom of your body, now I'm here. It's like, no, 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 you're going to go all over the map. And then like, but can you kind of like, you know, wrangle yourself back in where you're wanting to, to go. But the big thing that I found and when Steph, when you said about nature is it's when we have those, like those, the slowness come, come in. We're like, some of the noise is able to like quiet down and then you actually can start to hear the things come through. Um, and when you said like the human experience about sex, I'm like, I don't know about like, but after sex or sometimes even in sex, it's like, for me, it's like it quiets the noise and then like something will like drop in and you're like, Oh, or like whether it's in like a massage or, you know, I've had like just profound, like, ahas where I'm like oh I can distinguish the between when you're talking about listening to like which radio station you're listening to because for me when people talk about like oh it's like like I hear this voice and I'm like well my fear is like usually a lot louder than like the slower calmer voice that like isn't necessarily as logical but it's like we'll figure it out as like you you're good where you're at like like usually other things want to speak louder, want to rush. And I find that like the slowness in those pauses, which a lot of the times our body doesn't necessarily like feel safe to slow down. I won't say your body, but like your mind has a hard time slowing down because it doesn't trust that it's good to slow down. Mm -hmm. So, 
but sex is a really good one. Orgasms are great to like let you slow down. Like, uh-huh. and I think, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought about what you said. What did you say just before sex and orgasms? Uh, oh, like the, the mind doesn't trust being able to slow down. Right. Okay. Yes. And I, I think what a lot of that is too, um, I think a lot of us and a lot of people are afraid of what they're going to discover when they do slow down. And that, I think that fear is not always conscious though. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think that, that rubs me a little bit in the spiritual community is when like, you know, you see this Instagram post of like, do you fear being in your body? And it's like, nobody is fucking sitting there being like, oh shit, man, I really don't want to be in my body today. Nobody's saying that. What does it show up like for you, Steph? For me, it shows up like, it can be a little bit different. Sometimes it's like, I can tell that there's something going on, that there's something that's kind of amiss or something that's kind of speaking to me or whatever. And, and sometimes it will just be like, especially right now, it will be like, oh man, I don't, I know that this is here and I, I can hear it. I hear that there's something my body is like telling me, but I don't know if I have the capacity to deal with it right now. I don't know if I have the capacity to hear what it has to say. Um, And so sometimes that's it. Like sometimes I'll kind of say, okay, I know that that's there, but I just like, I don't think I can right now. Like give me a week, give me a month, give me whatever. And sometimes, uh, sometimes like my body will honor that. (laughs) And other times (laughs) my body will be, no, you fucking like sprain your ankle or something like that. (laughs) And so, yeah. And I, and I think too, I am the kind of person I, and this has been my entire life. You can tell me what you want until you're blue in the face, but until I experience it for myself or, or maybe even rather like fuck it up for myself, that's how I learn best. Unfortunately. Um, However, when I have my fuck ups, I only do them once. They happen one time because, you know, for the most part, because I will, I will really inquire about it. I will investigate about it and say, okay, what was going on? Like, why didn't I listen to this? Why did I make this choice in this way? What about this? Like, why did I feel that I needed to do it in this way? You know, I'll, I'll go back and I'll kind of investigate whatever, whatever was going on there so that um, I, I try not to have repeats of the same situation. And usually what I find is if I am having repeats of a situation, if it's kind of like showing up cyclically, it's usually because... I have been, again, kind of like what we said, I've been too afraid to fully look at it. And usually that involves me being too afraid to fully look at what my role is in it. Because mm. I like to play the victim. Like I like to be like, oh, yeah. um, and that's something in the last couple of years I've really learned about myself. And so as I am, as I am like letting myself explore some of those kind of like yuckier parts of me you know the parts that like don't feel so good 
Um, it is, it is allowing me space to then reflect on, you know, some things that have been cyclical in my life where I haven't taken responsibility and accountability for what my role was in it. And just kind of said, oh, well that, because that's that person's fault. Mm -hmm. And having the ability to reflect and go, okay, sure. That person has what they did, what they said, and the things that are their responsibility. But I exist in this too. And where have I not taken my own responsibility for what I did, what I said, how I showed up when I either wasn't properly paying attention or when I just didn't, I wasn't self-aware enough to ask questions of myself and my behaviors, or I was too afraid to you know, have a conversation with that person or whatever. And so looking at that stuff um, and, and the instance, the, the cyclical thing that I is kind of in my mind right now that I'm speaking of is things with friendships, you know, where friendships kind of have their completion and just like, Oh, well that person then like kind of like blaming it on someone else. And what, um, what I've been forced to um, take responsibility for in the last, you know, couple of years here is um, realizing some of those patterns and some of those habits. And, um, and, and another thing that I have realized is that in order to do that, and in order to really um, have some healing with that kind of sisterhood wound, we'll call it, um, there is kind of the requirement of having someone else who's willing to go there with you. Because oh if God, yes, uh, because yeah. are in, you know, a friendship where you're kind of trying to, you know, unpack your own stuff, witness yourself, see your own stuff, but also, you know, not let someone else's, you know, maybe behaviors go unnoticed as well. If that person isn't willing to have their own acceptance, you can only go so far. And so I have had. Um, you know, some things kind of happened that then brought me back to uh, a friendship of mine in the last couple of years that kind of dissolved. And I actually, you know, reached out to her and we had some really great conversation. And I really just apologized. You know, I said, hey, like, you know, I've been doing all this reflecting and I have really realized, like, here are some of the ways that like I was overstepping where I was trying to fix, you know, in my desire to kind of help. It was like trying to fix like where you didn't need fixing. You just need someone needed someone to be there for you. And I, you know, didn't realize that. And so it was really, um, it was really amazing in this circumstance where we were kind of able to do that. You know, she was someone who was kind of in that space of being able to receive but also to then be able to kind of say and and here was my stuff here was I what I had going on here's what I've been able to reflect on about that and and so as that's kind of happened and I have like goosebumps about it there's just this like gentle like mending of things that I can kind of feel you know going back but then also just like moving forward into things um in the rest of my life. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Is there anything in that that's resonating for you, Jenna? Um, yeah, lots. I was like sitting there, I'm like nodding my head, nodding my head. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like I, I know for me and my journey, I love the idea of um, sometimes you have to like learn through the two by four. Like I don't like I definitely need the experience and um, life has definitely dished out some really good humbling experiences, usually where I was really rigid before of like I had, you know, these really hard opinions of like, oh, blah, 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 I'd never do that. And then like, oh, it shows up in your own world and you're like, well, definitely did not walk my talk on that one. So for me, it, it, it like it always feels like it's like this cracking open so that it's like I brought in and like it always ends up being like there's more compassion for myself and for other people of like, I don't know what anyone else is going through. So how can I have a judgment on like, you know, how they move through something? Um, because like, I'm not in their shoes and I don't know kind of thing. Um, I find when I have like, Steph, you talked about that, like cyclical side of things. Now that I have more awareness, because when I was younger, obviously I just didn't have the awareness. Once the awareness came, obviously hindsight, I'm like, oh, like that, 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 like all the pieces come together. Um, but I find now with the cyclical is if something comes back around, um, for me, it's like, okay, am I actually doing this differently from like how I maybe previously did or how I actually want to show up now? Um, but I find it softens. So sometimes it might be like, Ooh, this is coming back up again. Like this is an edgy part, but like I can either, like I find I can either in the moment be more compassionate and like move through it differently. Um, or I'm not avoiding it as much. Cause like the, I'd say like the clunky parts or the things of, of myself that I didn't want to look at and how you talked about, like, I don't necessarily have the capacity to deal with it at that moment. Sometimes um, I feel like I'm in a space of renegotiating that like you don't have to always instantly listen to what the body is telling you, which is funny because like I work with the body every, every day and you know, you see the messages and, and, don't get me wrong. I think social media is great to share these like ahas and have these profound thoughts, but like they don't really like a little four by four cart. Like it doesn't leave room for nuance of like, cool. If I am like about to go into a client session and like I get hit with this wave of grief and like, you know, different things in my life are happening that like literally like take the steady ground out from underneath my feet. And now I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck I'm standing. Um, and it's like, I feel like overwhelmed or whatever. It's like in that moment, like this is not the fucking place or time, but like, how do I meet myself in that of like, you know, is it like you're fucking wrong for showing up and trying to tell me this? That's how it used to operate. Because for me, it was like the sensation was either, okay, I'm not in the space where I can actually like be present with this because I have like a commitment that I need to be able to show up in a different way. And like, you know, in a client session, me sobbing with like snot coming out of my nose, that, that's not the place in time. Like that's just not it. Um, so it's like, am I of like, am I witnessing it and be like, okay, I see you. And like, I am coming back for you. And I always think like that kind of ties into like that inner child healing because most of the time, like we just wanted someone to like, acknowledge that like what we were feeling was valid and like then come back when they could or at least that would have been my experience so I find when I in that cyclical I'm like not as like making that part of me wrong for showing up but being like okay I don't have the capacity right now 
and I need to then come back to that part at some point and like hear it out because my experience um, like with like the people around me is that I would be having these things, people wouldn't know how to deal with it and then they would just like sweep it under the rug so I was left, you know, feeling more anxious of like it's never like okay, I must be wrong, or, like, it's never going to get fixed, and then, like, then that heightens. Um, so for me, it's, like, in those moments of, okay, I don't have the fucking capacity. Like, there's been so many times where I'm, like, yep, yeah, like, I know, like, I recognize that it's there. I work with people to, like, help them feel the sensations and get comfortable with the sensations. And, like, recognizing your capacity because it's not, like, a perfection thing, um, which I find is, like, I'm not a parent yet, but I know I have a lot of fears about being a parent um, for that idea of, like, oh, my God, now I'm going to be, resp- like, I can, like, there's some days where I'm, like, I need an adult. Like, I need <laughs> assistance. That I'm, like, how am I now supposed to be responsible for, like, a whole other human being? And, like, what if I fuck them up? And all these things. So, for me, it's, like, that reminder of, like, okay, the parts of myself that might feel flustered or angry or not trusting and all those things, if I can come back to them when I have a bit more capacity, I was like, okay, so that is also like how you would be able to do it with like, like other humans that are in the vicinity. Yeah. I, um, I feel like what you've been just, what we've all kind of been talking about a little bit, I've been calling a chaos space recently. The, um, the, last few weeks so starting this podcast has brought up every fucking insecurity i didn't know i hadn't dealt with and like, As it would <laughs> jesus christ and um <laughs> it has been a roller coaster um in a good way I, and so what i have realized from this is in the last few days it's really clicked that I've just been, there's been this chaos, right? Like, cause it's, there's a lot of stuff going on to do this. Kind of, there's, a, there's a lot of admin, there's a lot of tasks to do and it feels overwhelming. And then I noticed I was getting worried about the overwhelm and that made it feel more overwhelming. And then I had this moment, I'm like, dude, it's just chaos. I'm an Aquarius, like chaos, bring it the fuck on. Let's go. Let's. I got that Aquarius moon. Ooh, yes. Do you say you have Aquarius North node in the 11th house? Is that what you just said? No, um, like my south node's in the 11th house. So I'm like, yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's a mood. <laughs> the, um, uh, what was I going to say? So this, as soon as I noticed the chaos and noticed I was worried about it, as soon as I was like, oh, I don't need to be worried. It can just do its thing and it can just be. Then I was just like, chill. Totally mm-hmm. chill. And I think, so it's interesting, um, you were talking, Jenna was you were talking about the cyclical thing, and Steph, you were talking about the like being able to learn um, from one experience or something. I am hardcore. It takes two turns to learn a lesson. <laughs> I have to fuck up twice in order for me to be like, oh, whoops. That's right. And then the third time comes around, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to do this differently. And then I do it the same, and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I see you. I see you now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the biggest thing that I've learned with that is is you know jenna you were saying how you'll say i'll come back to you it's um i have almost taken an opposite approach where it's like i see you and i know that i've missed you and i will see you the next time you come around like come back come knock again and and we'll do it better next time as because it's like i 
you know that that mental to do list. I'm never gonna look at it again. I'll put I'll put you on there, but I'm never coming back to it. So like you might as well come back to me, and I will get to you when you come back. And it has been so interesting. I'm turning thirty in February. I'm so fucking excited. Oh my god, I'm so fucking happy about it. And um, I there's been so many instances where I'm noticing that I'm getting older now. Um. You're- Totally in your Saturn returns with all the things. Oh, I am hardcore in my Saturn return. Hardcore, right smack in the middle of it. And um, the it has been the greatest experience. I've absolutely loved it because me and Saturn are like this right now. Oh, my BF. That's like the best place to be. I didn't. Oh yes, I do not want to be on Saturn's bad side for a fucking moment. So I was just like, also my Saturn is conjunct uh, my son in Aquarius and Saturn rules Aquarius. So like I'm set up to be on the good side of Saturn anyways. And I was like, we're just going to make the most of this. Um, so, so when he said move last summer, I was like, yes, sir. (laughs) 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 That like, okay, daddy. Like, Yes. Oh my gosh, I saw the best Saturn meme of like I'll have to send it to you guys. It's so brilliant of like that yes daddy Saturn energy. <laughs> I did energy. not know about like the yes daddy energy, so like Saturn dragged my ass <laughs> through some shit. Yeah. It's also conjunct my moon, which is opposite my sun and Chiron that are also conjunct. So like we here. We doing the thing. What what's uh house and sign is your Saturn in? Uh my first house. Oh dip. <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. Shit, I was talking about something with the oh well. The Ooh, we're so close. The thought is so close. Oh well. It'll come back when it needs to. Um, you just let it know like hey like exactly i'll come back (laughs) i'll be ready next time i'll pay attention yeah the um yeah i just think trust comes in all kinds of different ways like that right because i mean essentially i think we've all three of us have described a very similar phenomenon and Mm -hmm. three very different ways of dealing with it and i think that like really the moral of the story is that we've all come to learn our body in different ways we've come from different places and come in it's like your trailheads like you're saying jenna we're all climbing the same mountain we're all just doing it somebody got parachuted in from the top everybody's coming in from the bottom like it's 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 all the same and we got distracted by the waterfall and like ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm tubing for a little bit <laughs> I'm kind of hearing in, in what we're all saying too is like when there's something that reveals itself to us that we don't have to pick it apart and dissect it and dissect it and dissect it and dissect it right away or even, or even at all. Right. Because I think there's this, you know, the way that things are kind of shared in the world. It's like, oh, if, if you discover something, well, it needs to be healed and it needs to be healed immediately, right this second, pick everything apart about it, uncover the lesson right now, figure out the lesson. And, and the reality is, is that sometimes we don't need to know. You know, sometimes we don't need to know. And not only that, but there are 
and this is a, just a belief that I have, there are going to be certain things. The goal is not to fully heal and never have that feeling again. To me, mm-hmm. you know, when I think for myself, kind of a, a life theme for me is this like fear of abandonment. And it has kind of played out in the ways of, um, you know, like, when just before I was three years old, my dad died and, you know, kind of abandoned our family. And then just the patterns of it kind of playing in, in my life. And, um, and, and so I have these fears of abandonment. And as I have done all of this, like really, really special and really beautiful thing around many, many, many things in my life, um, that abandonment wound it's still there, but it's different. The goal is not, oh, this abandonment wound will be completely healed and you will never experience it ever, ever, ever again. No, the, the point is, is for to, to like discover and to learn and to do some, some healing with it so that when it starts to come up, I can notice it, I can recognize it, I can do whatever I need to do with it. And that doesn't mean heal it and fix it. Sometimes it might, sometimes it might say, be saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Other times it might just be saying, Hey, notice that I'm here. Notice that you're having this behavior that's coming up. That's connected to this abandonment thing. Just recognize it. And, and the more that I, the more that I'm aware of it, the more that I can just go, Oh, Oh, this is my, this behavior that I'm doing is because of this. Is that actually what's going on here? Most of the time, no, (laughs) just my own getting caught up in my own stuff. And, um, and it's really beautiful. Like, it's really beautiful to just go, Oh, here it is. Here's the story that I have coming up, but it doesn't define me. It comes along for the ride with me and it shows itself in different ways in my life. And the more that I get to the point of being able to recognize it, the sneakier that it gets. Oh my God, doesn't it get so sneaky? I was literally going to talk about that. And then you'll just be like, you'll think you're doing so fucking good. And then all of a sudden you realize that this thing has gone and there have been times where I've just been like fuck like it got me it got me yes it got me so good and and whether it's something I discover on my own or sometimes like Laura who we talked about the beginning she'll kind of like help me discover she'll just call me and be like hey and I'm like hi like obviously you know spirits like oh like Stephanie little bit of support right now i know when you get the random phone call from laura you're like shit i've missed i've missed a train stop here (laughs) (laughs) totally and and just that realization and the amount of like basically like spiritual bitch slaps that i have received (laughs) in so humbling and so needed and so helpful and so like not anything to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Human experience. And just because for the rest of my life, my kind of story of abandonment, it's going to likely weave its way in different ways into the whole rest of my life. But that's okay. It doesn't need 
that's when you can like literally feel the joy in it too, right? Like, cause you start to recognize the dance cause you notice the steps and the pattern and it actually becomes joyful to move through that abandonment or grief or guilt or whatever it is. Cause you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. We're dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I'm like, I feel like now I'm realizing I'm like such a metaphor person, but I'm just such a visual learner is Um, when you talk about like those like wounds, how like they don't go away, they're always going to be along for the ride. I feel like there's a point where it's like, we're either trying, um, I use the analogy of like basically promoting them to like what they, what their gifts are, if that makes sense, rather than them, like when we're avoiding them and like suppressing them, they're still going to act out, but they're going to like act a fool and we're not going to be able to like direct them. And so that's usually when they're wreaking havoc, right? When you're like, oh, you fucking got me. It's like, yeah, because you're trying to stuff it in the basement. And it was like, fuck no, there's like spiders and cobwebs and I don't want to be down here. Um, That like I find when you like almost can promote them and and, like direct them in a way, they come out as these like beautiful gifts. Because you think of some like the idea of the abandonment side and I can definitely like relate to that is – Like, that makes you such a more compassionate person if you, like, pick up on someone feeling a certain way. Like, you're not just going to walk by. You're going to be like, whoa, 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 like, what's up? Where other people might not even pay attention to it. Like, there are, like you said, Lauren, there are so many, like, there is joy in it when we actually, like, welcome it in to direct it rather than being like, 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 get out of here kind of thing. When I think we're so used to that, like, the, <coughs> like, whatever, <laughs> I don't know, that, um, I think we're so used to that struggle with negative emotions. I mean, I don't know if that comes from, like, society or movies growing up as a kid or, like, your parent. I don't know where that comes from specifically, um, but I think we're so used to that struggle with negative emotions or negative emotions. Um, it's just interesting how you spend so long unlearning that, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And I like how, how we talked about like the negative emotions. Cause what I've been realizing for myself was, um, the, like everything's tied to sensation. When you think of like the things that we want, like, you know, like the love, the, like say the money, the recognition, like all of those things, when you think about it, they bring up big sensation in your body. And most of us, if we don't know how to like be with that sensation, whether it's like, I'm, like super freaked out or how you were talking about Lauren with like the podcast bringing shit up is like excitement can feel pretty similar to like, I'm like fucking terrified. But if you don't know how to meet those sensations, like it's going to like, yeah, take you on a roller coaster ride. And that's when I feel like you're like, Oh, like, I don't know what the fuck that is. So, you know, everyone's walking around being like, I want abundance and I want this great epic love story. And I want all of these like amazing things that like, we just don't know how to be with the sensation or like say the sensation of our anger. If that wasn't something that like you were taught how to work with or, you know, grief or yeah. Like for me, it's like just the sensations that we don't know what, like how to deal with them, whether they are like negative or the things that like we're desiring, but are very foreign to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think an emotion that gets missed for a lot of women 
this might feel kind of surprising, um, but I think we bypass sadness a lot. Mm. I think I noticed this with myself and I've noticed this with um, like a lot of the women in my life and women that I've worked with is that um, a lot of people who will go, oh, like this and this happened, but you know what, like, but I'm fine. And I know, like, I know it's not their fault. And I know, you know, da, 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 whatever, whatever the excuse is. And, and maybe that excuse is valid, right? Like maybe you're saying, oh, like I'm, I'm sad, like, or like I'm, I'm, I'm really upset. That's a word people will use a lot. I'm upset that I had plans with that person and they canceled last minute, but I know that they've got a lot going on. I know that it's not about me. And so like, I'm, I just let it go. Like everything's fine. And all of that is, is true. You can say like that person had to cancel. It's not about you. And, and you can honor that and you can recognize that. But it's like, I think, and, and I do this myself too, when, when I'm able to like have that empathy and compassion and, and also intellectualize why that experience happened the way that it is. I'll sometimes forget to say, but I'm really sad. Like, I'm really sad that we didn't get together. I'm really sad that like, we didn't get that opportunity to visit and, and whatever it is. And I, I think that because we think sad has to be like, like we think it has to be that, that we miss a lot of our, our opportunities to just witness ourselves in some sadness Mm -hmm. because we're not, we haven't been taught how to properly identify it just as something going like, Oh, like I'm really sad that I didn't get to visit with my friend. Like I feel sadness about that. And, and I think we have so many missed opportunities of little gentle sadness that when something happens and then all of a sudden that well breaks and we're going, Oh my God, like I am in this pit of despair with this thing that I'm feeling sad about but it won't stop. It just, it's coming and it's coming and it's coming. And it's like, we have this buildup of sad. Mm-hmm. Start them out somehow. Mm-hmm. So how are you able to embrace that sensation and prepare yourself for that sensation of the, of the sad so you don't have that like floodgate burst of sadness? Yeah. So first of all, what I will say, I love a floodgate burst of sadness. Like, I love crying. <laughs> I, I feel so amazing when I am crying. I feel so amazing afterwards. Like, I love crying. I am, I'm a Scorpio. I got like four Scorpio placements. I got one can. I got a lot of water. I got a lot of water. <laughs> but um, I think for me, again, it's just a matter of like doing that self-investigation and that reflection, whether, whether it is something in the moment I'm able to do, like if I have a feeling or a reaction and I go, Oh wait, like what's going on here? If I have, if I am able to reflect in that moment, or if it's later the next day, the next week, whenever I kind of have that capacity to kind of go back and reflect, then I can go, Oh, like, that was sadness. Like that's a sadness that I'm feeling or that's grief that I'm feeling or that's anger that I'm feeling. That's another big one. Right. And so I think, yeah, for me, it's just like taking that time to be curious about if there's something I felt in my body, if there's, um, a like 
uh, physical reaction that I had, if there is a behavioral reaction or response that I had to something that like, I don't feel good about, or that's kind of out of, you know, like out of character for whatever, for me, it's then going, okay, like, what was I feeling in my body with that? Like what, like what just happened there? What was that? And the more that I ask those questions, the more that I'm then able to recognize it like in real time, because I just know myself more, right? The more that you ask and the more that you inquire, the more information you have to be able to identify it easier the next time it comes around. I'm curious, Jenna, how that looks compared to how you would equip your body to experience sensation. I think it's something you talk about in your like courses and actual teachings and stuff like that, right? Uh, yeah, because I think a lot of like I definitely would have intellectualized and like rationalized and been like, well, it makes sense why this, 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 this. But again, like you said, you're not actually like able to feel it. Um, and so Steph, the picture that you painted of the like small bits of sadness, I find like I can look back on certain spots that like I literally had to hurt myself and then like everything was able to come out. So like um, when I prepare myself, um, like this might answer a question, this might not, or it might go on a different tangent. Cause a lot of the times if it's like, I'm not in the space to be able to like honor it, I will try and fabricate the situation when I do have space. So it's like, if I know there's like a lot of grief and sometimes it'll be like me actually like creating the environment to do it or something will like happen and it'll like just initiate. But if I know I'm like avoiding sadness and I'm not crying and I'm like, you know, like, this, this, and this, like, like the eye tears should be happening, um, is like, I will put on like sad music. I will put on like a, a sad movie so that it like brings it up. Um, and like, so I guess it's not fabricating, but it's just like creating this scene so that like, okay, cool. Like I can handle you. Like, like bring it. Like, I don't care if like, we're like, the snotty, ugly cry, like, you're, like, you're welcome here now. Um, Sometimes I, I videos of, like, dads coming home from war and surprising their kids, mm, like, all mm, yep. and then it will get me started, and then I'll just, like, whatever the cry needs yeah. to be about. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, because um, it's, like, you almost need the place to, like, get you back into that moment like you you create the space for that to like circle back around for you um as far as like preparing myself I think for me it was just like understanding that like I wouldn't be like overtaken by the chaos that you described Lauren because like a lot of the times the reason it feels too big is we're just not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it, if you've ever played a sport or if you've ever learned a new skill, it's always way harder. Like the build up to it. Once you actually do it, you're like, Oh, like that wasn't as bad when you take it at the right course. Like I want to learn how to snowboard. If I just get dropped on a mountain, trying to do a black diamond, like, of course that's going to be way too fucking much. But like if I go to the bunny hill and I'm rocking with these like three-year-olds that are just killing it, <laughs> like you build up to it. So for me, it's this idea of 
letting go of like what you think because most of us I'm gonna guess most of us are probably like fairly high achievers we have an idea of like what I should be able to handle and so the idea of like I should be able to meet this sensation of anger or xyz and move through this and fix it and heal it but like if you if that is needing to be at the bunny hill like start at the fucking bunny hill and like Mm -hmm. Be okay getting your reps in um, to, like, build that back up. Or, for me, what I um, notice for myself is I go through seasons, and I hear from a lot of my clients is, like, they're talking about, like, I used to have this spiritual tool. I used to have this thing that worked for me, but now it doesn't, and I'm angry about it. And for me, I'm like, but your, your body might be in a different place. That it actually, like, that tool isn't a bad tool. It's just that your body is needing something different. You know, I always use the example of meditation because I love meditation, but there's been different times, you know, when I was going through my separation and, like, in the midst of, like, the beginning of COVID and all that. Like, I did not have the capacity and my system was not going to allow me to sit still and, like, clear my mind. It was like, fuck, girl, like we are not okay. So like, to me, it had to look different. So it had to look like movement in, I could still access the, like for me, what meditation gave me, but it was like out in nature or it was, you know, like I, I couldn't even like sit down to do like a yoga practice for myself for a while. Cause like that was too slow for where my system was revved at. So for me, it's like understanding like where your body's at and being able to work with it in that space where you can actually build. Like I'm not going to go to the gym if I haven't been to the gym in like three years and go try and squat like 200 pounds, even if I lifted 350 before. Like you got to build yourself back up. Um, do you know anything about polyvagal theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like literally. She's like the yeah, queen of polyvagal theory. I was like, that's like. <laughs> Literally, like, I could sit and, like, just froth at the mouth and talk. <laughs> I'm like, everybody needs to know this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, where your system was at, there were other things you needed to do to come up that lap. Like, you can't, you know, that exactly. if if being in that meditation, like, wasn't where you could be at that time, then you just have to honor that and kind of do what you need to do to bring your system to its regulation. Exactly. 100%. That was a really useful way for me that you just talked about that, about like your system was revved to such a level that like you couldn't just jump instantly to meditation. Because I, one of my great frustrations with meditation teachers is how they're like, there's just this, this phrase that's used all the time of like, people think that you, they have to like quiet their mind and that that's what makes meditation hard. And like, there's just these common, like, things around meditation that I'm just like can we fuck off with these already like can have we not heard these enough have we not realized there's other problems of meditation that like people are not getting I'm so so sick of the way meditation is taught like literally sit your ass down and forgive yourself over and over and over and over and over again whatever the fuck happens just forgive yourself let it go that's it. And now, but the way that you said it, hey, that your system is too rev to be able to do that, I was like, oh, dang, there is so many times in my life where I was in that space too, of not that where that wasn't possible. And I'm over now, 
that I have the skill. I'm oversimplifying in hindsight. I think that is my, one of my great biases, but, um, well, you forget the steps you took to get there, right? Like, cause I mean, the one thing that I've realized is that the, there's these like, you know, like the Instagram quotes or the things like the, the, the things on the tea bags that are like your great life advice kind of thing. (laughs) They're these like very, very simple concepts that come out in one sentence or in a few words. And when you have kind of gone through the journey you've climbed the mountain you've gotten to the top and you've acquired that skill you can look at that sentence and be like yes that is a hundred percent true absolutely and like there's kind of this memory of at the beginning of the journey at the bottom of the mountain and you saw that first sentence and you're like what the fuck does this mean but you needed the journey you needed that whole experience you needed to live and laugh and learn the whole thing to to figure out what it meant on like that experience level on your embodied and your in your in your body right um in order to get it because i think there's such a deficit with language like language is the most embarrassing part of being human sometimes like there's words are so inadequate so frequently it's like why do we bother sometimes like I just can't um and so but yet like when you're trying to teach someone sometimes the simplest way is literally to say I know you're not going to get this but like this one simple cheesy sentence like is the truth and like you're gonna have to go through the journey too to figure out what it means in your body. Cause I can tell you this 40,000 times, just like you were saying at the beginning stuff, right? Like I can tell you, I can get all of your friends and family to tell you the same thing because it's all true and we'll all, but we all have to experience it in our own way and add our own unique perspective to the pile in order to build the bridge to the next mountain. Right. I'm like, I have a question. <laughs> go, 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 go. Um, I was going to ask you because like when you talked about like the statement, like when you read that after you've gone through the experience, to me, that's like the difference of, and I love that you were talking today's title was like the wisdom of your body because like wisdom doesn't happen until you experience it. Like yeah. until you live it and embody it, that's when it becomes like goes from like knowledge to wisdom for me. And so for me, as you said about the, the quote, and you can look back at it based on your experience, to me, there's always like a follow-up sentence, like, oh yeah, that makes sense for me because of this. So the idea, like when you said, like, I'm really curious when you talked about like, you know, just trusting, like, you're not going to get this on the same level. But like for you, when you read something, do you find there's usually like a follow-up line that makes it land for you? Like, it's not just face value of like, yes, that is true. But it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for me because of this. Yeah, there's definitely an indexing that happens. So I can, my first instinct will be like, fuck yes, it's a total fuck yes. And then I, it's, yeah, like, I'm, and then I'm indexing for what the experience was that I had that matches to that. And so, um and then I'm kind of like grading within myself, like what percentages is actually match with what they're saying. And of course, I'll never actually know what their felt experience was of the teabag quote um, <laughs> to match it exactly. Um, and so that's, you know, in a way, that's the one of the ways that language completely fails us. And um, but it also lets us grow and expand together. The. I'm just trying to think, is there a, is there a but to all those? Yeah, there's usually a but. Like you find, like when you read something, you're like, like you have a but. Yeah. It? Okay. 
Yeah, usually. Okay, very occasionally. There's some that are just so dead on that I'm like, that's a mic drop. There's nothing, nothing needed after that. But even your mic drop, like we, all three of us can read the same quote and it's going to land differently mm-hmm. for each of us based on like our own wisdom of like, ooh, that hits. Like, I <laughs> love like uh, one of my, like one of my besties we have just our chat on Instagram is hilarious of like the shit that ends up in there, like these super deep, like reels where it's like, Oh fucking rights. And then like, you know, it's like the poop joke or whatever. Like there's just so many different random things, but usually it's like, it's cool when you see someone's like perspective of like, if something lands, like how it landed for them. Cause I'm usually like, Oh, like that hits really different for me, but like on the same intensity. Yes. Uh And speaking of mic drops, for anyone who's only listening, Lauren has this amazing microphone. <laughs> Jenny Jones, Maury Povich, like, <laughs> which is <laughs> backy for me. Um, <clears throat> something that um, that when you were talking about the steps and how you'll hear something in it and it doesn't always land until you've kind of gotten on your journey, it just reminded me about the importance of like, honoring all the steps of your journey and also knowing that like it's okay to have something that at some point in time was like a resonance for you like really resonated and then to kind of move down the line and then to go oh like that doesn't really jive anymore and I I totally remember that because when you sent us the little paper little form thing you had said that um like Gabby Berenstein is like so cringe for you and that totally made me laugh because when I first started like connecting to my spirituality my like spiritual self and journeying down that path like it was less than four years ago like I just Mm -hmm. all exploded into connecting with this and listening to her audiobook the universe has your back was like such a big like for me at that time changed everything for me but as you know, as I kind of got going and got on my own journey and, you know, she had some more like books that released, there was, I can't even remember another book that she had that she came out with. And a lot of people were talking about it. And I thought, oh yeah, like, I really like that other book of hers, like really supported me at that time in my life. And so I started like listening to it and I was just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know. So for me in 2018, Judgment Detox, Gabby Bernstein's book, Judgment Detox, was the big kickoff for my last phase of my like spiritual journey. I've definitely been doing it for since like 2008, but the um, the Judgment Detox was like the thing. I bought it for all my family members. I was like, it was in, in for a penny, in for a pound. And yeah, now I literally like wretch when I see her on like social media. I can't, I so can't at, with a 10 foot pole, can't come near it. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm wondering, cause I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, why is that? Like, why is that, that at one point it really resonated for us. And then now it's, it kind of does like, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, there's just, there's growth, there's shifting, there's changing. And I think it's so important to point out that like, you know, maybe for her, maybe she will be like a beautiful stepping stone for people who are like really starting out and totally new to it. But to like stay along on that journey, I think feels kind of limiting. 
Yeah. And I do also want to say, too, that even though I find her vomitocious now, I totally do appreciate the value that she brings to the world. And I do appreciate the messages and stuff that there are people who are connecting with her now and who did and have and all that kind of thing. And I still think she's a beautiful person in her own right. I also just want nothing to do with her. Um and I think it's really interesting, kind of the reverse is true, right? Where like at the beginning of your spiritual journey, a lot of things don't necessarily make sense or don't resonate or don't click. And so I think as much as there needs to be space on kind of the uh, on the intermediate or kind of advanced levels to let go of things that once resonated, there needs to be a comfortable, I think, okay, here we go. I think this is the money shot. Um the that comfortability is developed in the beginning stages when you're at that beginner mind and you're really practicing that to know I don't know what the fuck is going on but I'm going to keep going anyways and developing that I think it's a sense of resilience right that like I can know that I don't know what's going on and I'm still going to be okay I have no idea what this T-Pay quote means for me uh, but I'll figure it out someday right it'll make sense at some point um, yeah, when I was just thinking about what you were saying or like listening as you were as you're talking there, it's just like, yeah, and and on really recognizing that no matter where we are at in this journey, mm-hmm. we are always a start. Mm-hmm. Even when you do find yourself in a teacher role or when you are in a place where you feel like, wow, I, I really have some incredible knowledge, some incredible wisdom. And yet I am also always a student no matter what. And I think whenever I remember to view the world in that way, that I always that I always have something to give, but that I always have something to learn, that I am forever a student. Um, It makes everything so much more exciting. And I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off too. Um, Because when, when I remember that I'm, I'm, yes, I'm a teacher, but yes, I'm a student. It takes the pressure off of me to feel like, I have to have answers for everything. And it it gives me this beautiful peace when someone can ask me something that I am kind of positioned to be a teacher for. And I can say, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But let me reach out to my community. Let me check in with some of my resources. Let me check in with some of the, you know, the knowledge keepers in my life to see if, if, there's something there. And then also let me check in with, within myself, let me check in kind of with spirit or with my highest self, even to see, hmm, is there anything that can come down about that? And, and if not like, Oh, I'm, I'm excited to learn. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jenna? Any last I think like what you said about like always being um, and maybe it's like also like the Gabby Bernstein or like the big names in the industry. For me, it's like if if I don't feel like you're also still in your growth and you can admit like, hey, I'm still in a work like I'm still a work in progress. For me, I just don't like to me that like 
if you're up here and I'm down here, like it's not relatable and it's not something that I feel like I can go with. So I love the idea that like, yeah, just honoring the fact that like there isn't a finish line, like guru status where it's like, oh no, like I'm always learning these things. And like, yeah, it'll be great because I can also teach them. So it's like this cool. And like, I can learn from someone who is like just at the beginning, like budding stages of like their own journey. Like there's always something to learn. So I love Steph, how you kind of like wrap that up of like just embracing the fact that like it is always a work in progress. And if I let go of that finish line, like trying to chase the healed or whatever that end point is, when I let that go, it just gets to like soften and naturally like deepen, if that makes sense, because it's not like I'm chasing this end point. It's like, okay, this is part of being human is that like going through all of these things to like gain this different wisdom. And it's like, whether it's a community that you're grabbing from for your, like within your body, from your own experience. Um, so I just love that, like embracing the fact that like, it's fine that you don't need to be the expert and have every answer. I think that is, and to be honest, my experience of working with different like healers and stuff is I appreciate in like coaches and therapists, I appreciate the people who can ask me questions more so mm -hmm. and, like redirect me back rather than telling me what it is. Cause like Steph, like you said, I'm the same way. You can tell me something until I'm blue in the face. And I probably, if you tell me one thing and I'm in like a rebellious state, like even if that was what I was going to do now that you're telling me to like, fuck that, I'm not doing it. Versus like if someone can like ask me questions and then like I pause and get into that stillness, like there's so much like more depth for me in that. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That is the perfect note to end on with talking about, you know, our experts are all students and all that kind of thing, which is exactly the point of this podcast is that we're, none of us are experts. I would like to add on that even when you are a student, you are a teacher. It yeah. goes both, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And we're all in this shit together. Um, so if anybody listening to this podcast wants to join us in these part of these conversations, um, let me know. Send me uh send me a message, send me a DM. Instagram is probably a good way to get a hold of me. I am Lauren on Instagram. Literally, that's my handle. I am Lauren. And um, so we will talk soon. Thank you so much for joining us on Casually Profound, Jenna Don and Stephanie Rempel. It's been a joy having you here and talking with you. Um, and hopefully we will connect soon, my friends. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You guys have a great day.